Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Thanks, Justin. Very good. Very good. Would you open your Bibles, please, to uh, John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. John chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Valentine's Day. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be together today, to be able to to worship you, to praise your holy name, to open your word together, to know that you're here Lord, I just ask that that your spirit would just come amongst us, covering us like a blanket, opening our our hearts and our minds, and leading us in a direction that only you could lead. Father, may you be glorified in all that we say and do, and we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but please leave those those Bibles, your apps, whatever, open. This, this story, I, um, I know that, that you know, many of you, as, as you read a story such as this, it, you know, it brings back memories. You've heard of, of, this, of this time when, when Nicodemus comes to, um, comes to Jesus in the night. Um, it's, it's one of those stories that, that we, um, we quote different things from. And, and one of them that we quote is, is where it, it says, you must be born again. 
Most assuredly, it says, you must be born again. I don't know if, if you remember this. You should. Because there was, there was a time when uh, someone would, would come up to you or to one of your friends or whatever, and, and they, in a very derogatory tone, would, would say, oh, what are you, one of those born-again Christians? You know, it was almost like it was something that was dirty. It, it's almost like, like uh, um, I don't hear it as much today, but, but uh, they kind of... Uh, started picking on evangelical. Um, oh, you're one of those evangelical Christians. You know, it's like you've got three heads or something. But, but they pick on something like, like born again. And, and they like to put a, a, a negative, negative tone on that. Um, but I, I want you to understand something about that term. It's a term that, that Jesus used. It was a term that, that he thought of and, and talked about what we were supposed to be like. You need to be born again. If you're a Christian, you need to be a born-again Christian. And, and people would say, well, of course. Is there any other kind of Christian than a born-again Christian? And I would say, yes, there is. There are Christians who are born again. There are Christians who are not born again. It's it's not just a term. It's it's something that has to do with what is right right here. There's a difference between being a Christian and being a Christian. There's something different here. Jesus realize that and he said there is a difference here those who are born again and those who aren't but I want you to understand something about when you read scripture and when when you open up and and in the gospels you'll see this you know you'll open it up and you'll and you'll read the red print and Jesus will start out by saying most assuredly guys pay attention pay attention When Jesus starts to say something and he starts out by saying most most assuredly, you better pay attention to what was coming next because it's a warning. It's a warning. He's serious. He wants you to read it. He wants you to reread it. He wants you to tuck it into your heart because that is, is the same thing as a preacher coming up in front of you and saying, now listen to me. Listen. Listen, this is important. And, and that's what Jesus does most assuredly. You see, what Jesus is telling us in that you must be born again, and let's just take anything that's negative on that and throw it out the window, okay? There is nothing that's negative about being born again. I wish they would bring that term back and use it more and more. They used to use it all the time, but you don't hear it as much anymore. Maybe it's because Christians like to skate on their Christianity, and they don't want to be committed like they wanted, like, like Jesus is telling them that they need to be committed. And so if you don't say born again, you can, you can kind of skate on, on, on your commitment to, to Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is telling you by saying you need to be born again is that there's going to be a change. 
There has to be a change in your life. He's calling this as something, a physical a physical change. You, you look different. You act different. There is an actual change that happens in your life. If you look over at, at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, things have become new. Now, you know, there's times when we look at Scripture and we have to realize that, that what Scripture is telling us is not something just to, to blow off and, and to pass by it. And to say, I don't really know what Jesus is talking about here, but it says there's a new creation, yada, 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 this is a new creation. No. Get the idea on this. He's saying this is a new creation. He said, when you were born, you were a new creation. Your birth, your human birth, there was a new creation in you. And now he's saying, again, there is a new creation. And if there is a new creation, guess what? There's got to be a birth. You've got to be born again. There's a change, a change that that needs to happen. But why does Jesus say, most assuredly, be born again? Um, Apparently, people miss the instructions. Okay, I'll, I'll go back to, I don't know, I think this happened to me in eighth or ninth grade, I think. But I was in history class, and I did, uh, I was lousy in it anyway. And, and, uh, um, and we went in on this, on this particular Friday, and it was time for a test. And so the teacher passed out the test papers, and, and I got there, and of course, you know, as they're still handing them out, you're looking at it, and you're trying to look at the questions ahead of that and all of, all of this. And he says, now make sure you read the instructions and, and take this test. You've got X amount of time to do so. And so it was a go. And away we went, and I went, yep, 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 yep. Signed my name, started doing the test. Started doing the test. And I hear these other kids around me laughing. And I did lousy on the test, you know, what else was new. But, but uh, do you know what was in the instructions? Put your name at the top of the page, and that's it. Don't do anything else. It was a lesson in following instructions, and I really did a pretty lousy job in following instructions. Um, I, if I just read the instructions, I would have got it, but, but I didn't. But you see, when Jesus says, most assuredly, read the instructions. Don't stop at the first word. Don't stop at the fourth, fifth word. Read the entire instructions. Let me give you an example of this. Look over in Matthew. Matthew 7.21. This is is one of those scriptures that that people look at and they read it and they kind of go, yeah, okay, all right, fine, fine. Matthew 7.21, where it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Have you ever looked at that scripture and said, what's up with that? Why does he say something like that? Well, I mean, here, here it is, end times, and, and these people come before him, and, and Jesus says, be gone, I never knew you. Go. But they say, wait a minute, Lord. I, I did this in your name. I went to church. I, I, I helped the, the, the needy. I, I fed the hungry. I, I did all of these things, and I did them in your name. And now you're telling me to hit the road. How can that be? It's because somebody didn't read the instructions. That's what that really is talking about. It's because someone thought that if you just showed up, if someone it just, just came to church, and they never, never put Jesus Christ into their heart. They never went through the idea that, that maybe I need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ for him to know me. You see, they've done all of the good stuff. Can you imagine? And I do this to you a lot. Can you imagine having Jesus look at you and say, Be gone. I never, I never knew you. I never knew you. You see, folks, there needs to be a change. Something within you When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, there needs to be a change. All things have have changed. You've heard of, of, of the scripture that says... You know, all things are are changing. To die to self. That's another one that, that, that is scripture. And it says, listen, you need to be able to die to self. And we look at that and say, well, I need to give up a couple of things. I need to um, maybe not act quite the way I, I usually do, but, but, but I'm, I'm dying to self. I don't think of money quite the way I used to think about money and all of that, but, but to die to self. Now, wait a minute. If there's going to be a change, then self has to die. It has to die. In order for there to be a birth, there has to be a death. That change that happens within us comes when who we are in this world dies. You see, let me give you a notice about something here in in here. Nicodemus, when he came to Jesus, he came to Jesus at night. And that's something that a lot of times we just kind of pass over that part and we go to the other points of the scripture. But, But, you see, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was religious. Think about this. 
He was a highly religious man. He was religious. He had it all down. He was well studied. And he came to Jesus at night. He was part of the Sanhedrin, uh, you know, this elite group of community and spiritual uh, religious leaders. I I think that, that Nicodemus, when he came to Jesus, that he was an admirer of Jesus. He admired him. He, he had watched his, his, his uh, teaching. He had you know, heard it. He saw his miracles. He was amazed by his power, um, his compassion, his love. And he wanted a face-to-face with Jesus. He wanted it. And so he came to Jesus at night. Not because, not because it was the only time that he could fit Jesus in because he was a busy man. That's not why he came at night. Nicodemus could have walked up to Jesus in the temple. Jesus taught in the temple. He could have walked up to him in the temple and said, Jesus, I want to talk to you. There's things that that you're saying. There's things that you're doing that, that just trouble me. What is going on? You see, and all the common people that were listening to Jesus, they would have moved aside and let this powerful Pharisee have his way to get up to Jesus and to be able to talk to him. So he could have gone to him during the day. But he didn't. No. Nicodemus didn't want to be seen talking to Jesus. He had a lot to lose. He had money to lose, his job, his status, his power. Coming, Coming to Jesus was going to be an inconvenience. Having Jesus in his life was going to be in inconvenience. It was going to cost Nicodemus something. And that's why Jesus took to, to Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. That's why when this man came to him, he was not fooling Jesus, believe me. Guys, we don't fool him. We don't. He knows our motives He knew who Nicodemus was, and he knew that Nicodemus was ashamed to come before Jesus. He knew it. And he said, Nick, buddy, you got to be born again. And when you're born again, something, something is going to change. You see, you can't come and see me in the night, Nick. You can't do it. You can't be ashamed of me, Nick. That just doesn't get it. You can't be a Pharisee by by day and a a follower of Jesus by night. Does that sound like some Christians that you know? One thing on Sunday, another thing on Monday. Two Two different lifestyles. And folks, I'm not talking about Christians who make mistakes. Believe me, we all make mistakes. Here's number one. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I make boo, I boo-boo all the time. But what I'm talking about here is the two lifestyles. When there is an actual life change, you can't live two, two lifestyles in the same life. You can't do it. Most assuredly, you must be born again. Most assuredly. Most assuredly. You see, nowhere in Scripture will you find instructions 
in how to be a part-time Christian. You won't find it. You know why? Because Jesus wants all of you, every bit of you. He's not looking for a Sunday visitation. He's looking for your life. He's looking to become inconvenient in, in your life. You see, Jesus knew that Nicodemus couldn't live a life of two lifestyles. He couldn't do it. And, and he knows that we can't either. We can't be part-time Christians. We can't do it. We, we can't be admirers of, of Jesus. We can't do it. Because sooner or later, it's going to come up, and you're going to have to make a decision. What decision will you make? But I like to follow Jesus. I admire Jesus. I admire the things that he said. Right here. Where is it here? We, if you think about it, in this country, Christianity puts no demands on anyone. It doesn't. There is no cost to, to, to be or to say that you're a Christ follower because so many of us are only a Christ follower when it's convenient. We're almost name droppers. You know, I want to be able to get into this party, so I've got to use somebody's name to get into that party. And it's almost like I can come to church and, 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 and I can be a name dropper. And I believe in Jesus. But on Monday morning, look out, look out, we're not. You see, the world will tell us that we can live both lives. It will. It'll tell us that. But Scripture says we can't. We can't live two lives. Jesus requires all of you, not part of you, not part of you. He requires all of you. Think, be gone. I never knew you. Someone just didn't read the instructions, guys. I want you to understand something, and I'm going to cut it a little short. The 70. We're talking about 70. And I want you to understand something about about new members, because that's where we're at today. I've done the 7,000, I've done the 700, and now we're doing the 70. But you'll notice in that banner out there, we, we do say 70 new members. But what we're really looking for are 70 committed. Committed. 70 that, that, that want to take that, that old lifestyle and move it away and be committed to Jesus Christ. You know, folks, the 70 new members, that'll happen. I told you before that if we do the things that the Lord is asking us to do, everything else will take care of itself. If we insist on committed relationships with Jesus Christ, that 70 is a low number. People will join. People will want to become a part of a church that isn't wishy-washy. People will want to to become a, a member of a church and part of a team, part of a family where the church says, guys, this is not part-time stuff. 
This is a, a, a hard relationship. This is a relationship that, will, that, that might cost you some friends. It might. It might. I, and it very well could. Is Jesus worth it? You bet he is. You bet he is. You see, the Lord is leading us to move people to a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. See, becoming a member, and I don't mean to to make it sound frivolous, but becoming a member doesn't make you a Christian. You know, it's, it's, it's a byproduct of a committed relationship with Christ. That's really what this is all about. The membership is going to happen. The commitment is the most important part of the 70. It is the most important part. The committed is what makes us do everything else that is on that list. To bring your friends, to not be afraid to say something to somebody and say, man, there is something going on at this church. Bring my friends. Bring your friends. No, I'll bring my friends. You bring your friends. You see, it's being committed to him. It's, it's believing in who Jesus Christ is in our life. You know, um, as we take communion this morning, we, we, we come to him. We share the, the bread and, and the juice um, with, with all of us, to all of you. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ hung on a cross and he made a commitment to you. He did. See, he never asks us to do anything that he hasn't already done by himself. You see, Jesus Christ went to the cross. He wanted to pay for your sins. He did pay for your sins. He committed himself to each and every one of you. Do you commit yourself back to him? See, as we come to the table this morning, and, and folks, whether you're a member, non-member, that does not matter. This is the ultimate sign of God's grace. And we withhold God's grace from nobody. Nobody. You're all welcome to come to this table. Folks, only, only you and only the Lord know your relationship, your own personal relationship with him. Only you know, are you committed or is this weekend thing or, or what is going on? As we come down here and we take communion, take that time to talk to him. Tell him, if this relationship isn't quite right, Lord, let's get this right now. Let's straighten this out right now. I want you and I love you and I know what you've done for me and I want to be yours every day I know it could be tough I know I might lose some friends but I'll gain a savior On the night that Jesus was betrayed in the upper room with with his disciples, after finishing the Passover meal, Jesus took the bread. 
And he gave thanks to the Father, and he broke the bread, and he said, This is my body, which I'm giving for you. Eat this. And when you do, do this in remembrance of what I'm doing for you. After the bread, he took the cup with his disciples. And again, he gave thanks to the Father, and he said, This cup is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. I commit myself to you. Drink this, and when you do, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for for being our God, for loving us. Father, it, it says in Scripture that, that you loved us before we ever loved you. You committed to us before we ever committed to you. And Father, I, I, I thank you for taking those first steps, for never walking away from us, for being right here with us. Father, Bless this time as as we come to your table. Examine our hearts as we come to your table. Bless these elements, these common elements, the bread and the juice. May they be the body and the blood of Jesus Christ for all of us who partake. And Father, to you is all the glory. And we pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.